The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, Join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. Welcome, everybody, to the Dr. Connie Radio Show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, there's so many greetings from my Filipino friends. It's como esta? Uh, hey, y'all. Welcome. Hey, wonderful greetings. So welcome back. Uh, I've got some uh, shout-outs to do. I always like starting off with shout-outs from our last week's show on kindness. I have a message from Roy in Indiana, and he emails me, first of all, great show last week. Uh, He's sitting in a class today, according to his note, and somebody said, uh, made the expression or said the expression, having money will buy you a fine dog, but only kindness will make that dog wag their tail. So I really like that about kindness, and that's kudos to our uh, speaker Marsha Meyer uh, last week. I've got other uh, uh, shout-outs here to Lisa Wire, uh, who used to work with Camp Paz, a wonderful gal, Denise Pittis in Virginia, who, as a result of her, our show, has decided to go into the Christmas decorating business because she has like 20 trees decorated in her house, and she's going to go into the business next year decorating houses. So I think that's going to be incredible that she's going to do that. Uh, to Jerry Stadler in Scottsdale, he's listening in, and his biggest concern is that he will lose me as a doctor. Don't worry, I need the income. I'm going to stay as your doctor forever. I don't plan to retire. Uh, to Kathy Schreiner back in Virginia, my old neighbor there, wonderful gal. Uh, one of the questions I asked on my last show is, uh, what is it about Christmas that you love? And she responded, it's her Christmas tree. It's filled with lots of memories of ornaments from everywhere of different times in her life, and she absolutely loves it. So when you get a chance, everybody, I'd love to hear about what you love about Christmas. That's so important to share that with me. Uh, another fun email, and I wish I were there, is from Captain Jeff Beckland and his wife Jeannie in Maui. Uh, Jeff is our ship's captain. Every time, every year I go to Maui with my family, uh, Jeff on the trilogy is his catamaran, and he sails us around, and we have a great time. And people go, oh my God, you go every year to Maui? And I justify it by saying that is my ski vacation. And they go, well, what do you mean by ski vacation? It's spending kids' inheritance. Now, do you all do that? I mean, I don't want you know to leave uh, money to my kids when I die. I don't want them to celebrate my death. I'm going to spend it while we're alive. And so I bring them to Maui. And I, and I, I uh, contact Jeff Becklin uh, to sail us around the islands, go snorkeling. So Jeff sent us a nice little note. He said he's listening via podcast. Great to hear you and Andrew on the air. It's like you're here in Maui. So maybe we'll you know, we'll do a broadcast from Maui. Um, I get lots of great emails. I, one of the emails that really surprised me this week, because, you know, I, I like to order things online, is this email from Taser International. We know headquarters for Taser is here in Scottsdale. And I have a Taser. I have a beautiful red Taser, stunning. I, I bring it with me. Uh, never know when you need that protection. But 
I, I just love it. They sent me an email, and I'm on their list, and the subject is, Need Help Surviving the Holidays? Deals on New Tasers. Lock and load for the holidays. I, I didn't think that was a really good stocking stuffer, guys, but, you know, you, you never know. Whatever works in marketing. Uh, it is the season. It is the season to give. You know, you think of the three wise men giving gifts to the baby Jesus, and, you know, that starts the spirit of giving. You know, and I... There were a couple articles recently about gifts and regifting, and how many of you out there regift? Right? Do you ever have you ever done that? Have you regifted? Well, they did a survey of people, uh, customer services people uh, surveyed a bunch of folks, and seventy nine percent of people surveyed said it was okay, it was socially acceptable to to regift over the holidays. Now, do you want to guess what you know kind of items are constantly regifted? Any ideas? Here they are. Candles, gift baskets, picture frames, glass balls, Christmas ornaments, small appliances, kids' toys, games, unattractive clothing. Uh, tasers aren't included. So <clears throat> if you plan to give that, there's a high probability that may be regifted. But you've got to be really careful when you regift. I remember a couple years ago, I was at home visiting my folks in San Diego. My sister, Lori, opens up this gift basket, and she goes, oh, my gosh. I said, what is it? She goes, I gave this to so-and-so, her cousin. Uh, last year, and now she's giving it back. I said, well, what are you going to do? She says, I'm going to give it back to her this, you know, next year. So it's called the boomerang gift. You know, it's a gift that keeps on regifting. So, but be really careful. If you're going to regift, don't do anything that is personalized. One of my friends said, I got this book, and it was autographed to, to the person giving it to me, and I just don't know what to do. So, you know, you want to put some thought into it. But they also studied what kind of emotional lift you get from a gift, right? You would think that, you know, getting gift, you would feel really good. But psychologists have found that it's the other way around. It's the person who's giving you the gift actually feels closer to you. So in other words, if you want to impress somebody and you want to get close to them, encourage them to give you a gift. So they get that high from gifting you. And, you know, when you think about gifts, how much money, right? Is, is it true? People say, well, the more expensive the gift, spend more money, the better, right? More appreciation? Not. They found that spending more money on a gift doesn't really translate into greater appreciation. And I, what I find that interesting is the study was on men buying engagement rings. So, you know, you're going to give her a ring. You don't have to give her the most expensive ring. The very fact you gave her a ring is pretty good. So, you know, I, I disagree. I really think... The bigger the bling, the better. So, you know, if you're going to do that, speaking of rings, I went shopping today. Uh, a very good friend of mine who is coming on board to speak to us later to uh, this show talked about giving gifts to ourselves. And I really believe in that. And being an overachiever, I sort of went overboard. I bought myself two rings. I went to Judy Moore's More and More Jewelry on Scottsdale Road in Scottsdale, Arizona. I love Judy. She made our uh, wedding rings. I went by just to take a look around, and it was like a diabetic in a candy store. I just went nuts, okay? I bought two rings, but the way I justified it, it was for me, for my inner child, but it was also helping the economy, so I was doing my part as a good American. So there you go. Everybody, if you're in Scottsdale, go to Judy Moore, buy some rings, uh, tell her you, you want the Dr. Connie discount. Um, you know, I always think, too, if you have no idea what to get somebody, they even studied that. You know, what if you have no idea? They always think cash is still important. So when I look at my kids' wish list, you know, back how many years ago, 12, 15 years ago, cash is always accepted, and so give people money. It's very important to think about that. 
So I'm going to change gears a little bit here because I'm a doctor and I want to talk about some medical things. This is for everybody out there with heart disease, and it's the season of the heart uh, with Christmas. Um, what I found really interesting is about diet again, and everybody says, oh, no, not another diet story. Well, this is a diet and heart disease story. About uh, 18 years ago, my father uh, was admitted to the hospital in San Diego, and he had two stents put into his arteries to open up his arteries. Luckily, he didn't have a heart attack. They put those wire stents in to keep the arteries open. So I sat there with my dad, sweet old Filipino guy, and I said, Dad, thank goodness you did great through your surgery. And he's like, oh, yes, the doctors were really good. He said, and is it true that my arteries are open? I said, yes, Dad, they, they opened your arteries. He says, that's great. I don't have to take the medications, and I can eat whatever I want. I said, no, that's not true, Dad. So the latest study that came out in heart disease patients is this. If you have heart disease... The diet is even more important to prevent further heart disease and stroke. So diet will always be important, not only in preventing coronary disease, but once you get coronary disease, you still have to watch your diet and your lifestyle so that you don't cause another heart attack, more narrowing of the arteries, more stroke. So sorry, Dad, you got to still stay on that diet. you got to watch what you eat. And this study came out in a five-year study involving 32,000 patients in 40 countries. So really, what they looked at were patients who ate the healthiest diets, which are fruits, uh, not fruitcake, but fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts, and, and lots and lots of fish, you know, less red meat, less poultry, less eggs. And they were 35% less likely to die from another heart attack or stroke during that study uh, than those with the least healthiest diet. So once again, diet is so important. Don't think the medication alone is going to help you. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time uh, engaging in retail therapy. This is my favorite season because I love the malls. And one of the things I love is Santa Claus. We all grew up with Santa Claus, you know, that jolly old uh, heavyset guy. And, you know, and I can't help but look at him through the eyes of a doctor, okay? So, you know, I see this white-haired, chubby guy with glasses, big laugh, ha, 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 ho, 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 on a sleigh. And I can't help but, but look at him. And if I were his doctor, this is what I see. First of all, he looks unhealthy. He's probably definitely obese. He's got that big, round belly. You know, obviously, probably an overeater, uh, probably hypertensive, hyperlipidemia, high cholesterol. You know, you kids like to give him cookies and milk. I think it's better if you put out veggies and some salmon for him. You know, too much eggnog, you know, his face is, uh, his rosy cheeks, his red nose. He's got rhinopyma, which we see with alcohol. He's got acne rosacea, I really suspect. So, you know, how much alcohol does Santa Claus engage in? This ho, 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 is he really huffing and puffing? Is he short of breath? Does he have heart failure? Is he out of condition? Most likely, because he only works once a year. It's seasonal. And he works into the wee hours of the morning when he's working. You know, does he have sleep apnea, snoring, sleep disorder? He squeezes himself down these chimneys. So you know, there's a lot of soot and ash in chimneys. It's not good for your lungs. So you get occupational lung problems. He's sedentary. You see him. Every time I see the guy, he's sitting down. He's sitting down with little kids on his lap. They're coughing in his face. He gets pink eye. He gets mucus. Even do pets sitting down with Santa Claus. So God knows what the poor guy picks up. And the other thing which Dr. Julian A. and I will talk about probably is the fact that Santa Claus has to check his list twice to see who's naughty or nice. Why twice? Was he obsessive compulsive? You know, is he dementia? He's checking up on himself. And what's this splitting between naughty or nice? You know, I, I don't understand it. So, you know, maybe Santa Claus ought to hire me as his doctor, you know. I don't know uh, if Santa has a doctor, but I'm worried about that. So Santa, get a good doctor. 
What I want to share now is something I love very much every year is National Lampoon Christmas Vacation. And it's in the scene while Ellen and her daughter Audrey are in the kitchen, and Audrey's complaining of relatives visiting causing stress. And Ellen looks at her and says, I don't know what else to say, Audrey. It's Christmas, and we're all in misery. Now, is that true? Is that a myth? You know, are you getting excited about Christmas? You're getting stressed out. You're ready for Hanukkah, your card set. You know, are you having a lot of stress like I am, trying to figure out what to get everybody? And all those memories that come up and all those songs by Dan Fogelberg about meeting your lover in the grocery store and spilling stuff on her. My gosh, it is stressful. So, you know, we're approaching the season of joy and hope, and I'm so happy we have Dr. Julie Anae coming up in the next uh, few minutes after the break, to talk to us. And Dr. Julianne is a licensed clinical psychologist, nationally recognized eating disorder expert, and the founder of A New Beginning. And she is amazing. She's brilliant. She's innovative. She's helped so many patients in my life. So stay tuned to uh, Dr. Connie Radio Show and Dr. Julianne in the next few minutes. Stay tuned. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you are having difficulty balancing everything in your life, be sure to tune in to Change is Personal with Kim Fuller. Each week, we'll help you do your own self-assessment to handling relationships, family, life challenges, health, and personal goals. Kim and her guests share from experiences and offer advice and resources to keep your life on track. Change is Personal with Kim Fuller can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen and start having a fuller life. Who would you like to meet today? Every week, that question can be answered on Spark One with Audrey King-Wissiger. Our guests are successful people from all walks of life who are willing to share the secrets to their success. Get ready to ask musicians, comedians, athletes, entrepreneurs, and artists everything you wanted to know about them, including their views on coaching style, sports psychology, parenting, food and wine, journalism, media, and much more. Spark One is broadcast live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time well spent. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back to the Dr. Connie Radio Show. Uh, we're talking about expectations and myths of Christmas. Uh, if you're interested in what's going on and have questions, you can reach me at drconnieradio at gmail.com. Also, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Twitter. Uh, 
we are so blessed to ha- today to have Dr. Julie Anne with us. She is a licensed clinical psychologist. She is a nationally recognized eating disorder expert, and she's a founder and clinical director of A New Beginning. And her clinic is an innovative outpatient treatment center. It specializes in all eating disorders, but it also treats patients suffering from depression, anxiety, and relationship issues. Uh, she is famous because she's been on television. She's been on ABC's Extreme Makeover. Uh, their weight loss edition uh, was where she was featured. You probably have seen her. And her work was featured on the e-networks, What's Eating You? And she has helped many of my patients. She's brilliant. She's innovative. She's got a good heart. Uh, please check out her website for Dr. Julianne. It's www.anewbeginning.com. She's out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Welcome, Dr. Julie. Welcome to the Dr. Connie Radio Show. Well, it is absolutely fabulous to be here. And you started talking about depression, but who could be depressed after an intro like that? That was just amazing. Well, you know, Dr. Julie has such good energy. You can't help but smile around her presence. But, you know, we're entering the season, and I was sharing, you know, it's a stressful time. Everybody says it's stressful, but you have data to show that's that's a myth, right? What, what are you finding out? Well, actually, I, you know, when you talk about National Lampoon's, um, you know, really, really humorous show, I think that most of the time people expect that people have increased depression over the holidays. And that is actually a myth that has been perpetuated just through the decades. Um, and really, very paradoxically, we find that depression doesn't increase at all. In fact, the lowest rates of suicide are in the month of December, with the lowest day of the year being December 1st. Wow. Now, do you see an increase in your practice over the holidays? Are you noticing that at all, of people coming in for depression? or So you haven't seen that either. You know, I think that there are certain things within the holiday season that people can feel depressed over. Uh-huh. But I think, by and large, the main thing is that we're all stressed out over the holidays. What kind of stress are you seeing in your practice or patients coming in? You know, I, I think the very uh, top thing is that there is so many things to do and not enough time to do it. And, you know, parents, research finds that parents are the most stressed out and you take really, really full schedules and then you put even the good of the holiday season on an already full schedule and people are just, you know, running around and feeling like there's not enough time to do what they had hoped would be a really happy, fun time of the year. And that's a shame. Yeah. How about money with this economy? Are you seeing people having struggling with that? Actually, finances are the biggest stress, uh, by and large. Forty percent of people that talk about being stressed, it's because of finances. And, and no surprise, women report the greatest stress around finances. So that is a, a huge struggle for people. And I think post, well, kind of still in this great recession, um, it really is a significant stress. And I think that people need to recognize that there's lots of things that they can do to decrease their stress. And so that's what I focus on a lot around the holidays mm-hmm. is how do people, you know, cope with the things that are going on during the holiday season. And we're going to dig in that a little bit more. One of the things I want to share with you in the audience is something that comes up every year with me are not so good memories. Mm-hmm. You know, the songs, you know, I think of Karen Carpenter's song. You know, I'll be home for Christmas, Dan Fogelberg's song of lost love, of, of people who have died, I have patients who have died, I have relatives who aren't going to be seeing me for Christmas. Mm-hmm. But I can't help it because it's the season of what you think of children. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my memories are as a little girl, 
of not, not being a really happy girl. My parents didn't have a lot of money. And it's this recurring theme of sort of being left out, not getting the right gifts, perhaps. And one of the things I've shared before with my friends and my kids as well, and I've tried every, very hard to be a good mom to my kids for Christmas, maybe overdoing it, not quite like the Griswold Christmas, is a memory I have. I was five years old. We were living in Hawaii in Navy housing, and we didn't have much money. And my parents had these stockings. I share they must have been 10 cents a piece, okay? They're little stockings with candy on them. They had one for my brother, one for my sister, one for myself, and they were on the tree. And I, was, I would look over and go, oh, I get this, you know, this stocking of candy, you know, hopefully for Christmas. And what happened was a few days before, before Christmas, my, we had friends come over unexpectedly, and they were bearing, bringing, bringing gifts. And my mother who's always stressed over the holidays, was, oh, my gosh, how do I reciprocate? I have nothing for these people. So she started going through the tree, regifting, and she turned and took my stocking mm. off the tree. Of course, I have no issues with that, you know, 52 years later. But she took my stocking, took my name off, and she gave it away. And I can't help it, Dr. Julie, but I, I yeah. still feel it 52 days, 52 years later, grown woman, physician, all the things I did. And that little girl sitting there looking at the tree going, she took my stocking away. Aww. So what, what, you know, I'm sure there are patients out there, people out there listening who have some not-so-happy memory. What do you, how do you deal with that? You know, what, I mean, we all bring to the holidays our history, just like we bring to every part of our life our past history. Mm-hmm. And if things are unresolved and they're unhealed, they're going to become reactivated. And just like what you're saying, every year when you look at the fireplace and you see the stockings, it sounds like that little girl inside is still kind of remembering and feeling like, hey, you know, what was so special to me got given away. So it's really important to recognize those things and to say, okay, at this time in my life, how can I do something to heal that mm-hmm. part of myself? That poor little girl that's looking up at the stockings and no longer seeing hers, mm-hmm. I think it's really important that you embrace her mm-hmm. and you maybe provide a really special Christmas stocking that no one's ever going to take away at this point in your life. So and, you would and say for yourself. gifting, is it okay to gift ourselves? Is that, would you recommend that people who give, it's okay to give yourself a gift? I think that it is the first gift that you should buy. And I'm not talking about that from a selfish place. I'm talking about that from a place of self-love. And especially if you've had these memories where maybe, you know, you didn't feel as possibly loved or maybe there was some missing in the way that your parents kind of met you um, from a love place. I think it's really important that we learn how to do that ourselves. And what better time of the year than to give to ourselves during the holidays? And, you know, when you ask about what I see in my clients, I think that's the primary thing. There's kind of losses from the past that are unresolved, they're unhealed. And Every year we've got this opportunity to be able to heal it, but we hand that over to usually our spouse mm-hmm. or to somebody else in our family to try to say, here, now I want you to heal this memory. But it's really our job to do that, mm-hmm. and we're the best ones that are equipped to do that. Yeah, a lot of times I guess we feel like we're mind readers. We want our spouse, doesn't he know I want that diamond necklace? I mean, doesn't he? Of course he doesn't know. <laughs> no. 
And then every Christmas morning when you are, you know, anticipating and wanting this to be the best Christmas ever, probably that little girl inside gets reactivated because Mm -hmm. here you didn't tell your husband that you wanted that wonderful piece of jewelry, Mm -hmm. you know, or or even smaller things. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that we need to to give that to ourselves first and foremost and then also to express to the people in our lives, Mm -hmm. hey, this would be really special. This would be really important so that they get the best chance to create that for. One of the things I'm doing now this year with my new husband is I asked him, what do you expect from Christmas? What do you want from Christmas? Beautiful. You know, and then we say it. I said, you know, this is what I'd like to do. It's start our own little traditions for going to church, what we cook, what we eat. Do you do things in your family like that, traditionalize? Are you- I am even more impressed with you than I, I usually am. I mean, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing to do with your husband. And I think that that's super help, healthy to be able to say, you know, this is what's important to me and what's important to you. And then together, let's make sure that that happens. So absolutely, we do that as a family. We say what is important for everybody. And then we go and we put that on our schedule. Mm-hmm. Before we do anything else, we actually put that on our schedule so that we make sure that we do not um, run out of time to be mm-hmm. able to, to do that for ourselves. You know, we laugh about the Griswold Christmas. I love that. And, you know, all the expectations, God bless him, you know, uh, Griswold, what's his first name? What's his, his name? Clark. Clark Griswold <laughs> makes that tree and it's all the expectations. You talk about get, expecting that. Yeah. But then it's relationships. Like, mm-hmm. what do you do with Cousin Eddie? Do, do you, you know, the drama? <laughs> it's like people dreading, I don't want to go to the Christmas dinner because Cousin Eddie is there. I'm going to throw out a really novel concept, and that is don't invite Cousin Eddie. (laughs) (laughs) What if he invites himself? uh, Well, then you say, you know, we moved Christmas and it's going to be on (laughs) December 26th. (laughs) Oh, you missed the party. I am so sorry, Cousin Eddie. But But, but, every family has one, don't they? Well, yeah, and you know what? And and what ends up happening is it ruins it for everybody else. And what I just said is a really gutsy thing, but I'm going to tell you, that really is my advice. Why should you let somebody else step in and ruin your holiday? I think we've got to be really protective of the beautiful memories in our life. And if Mm -hmm. someone's going to come and they're going to drink too much or they're going to be rude or obnoxious or they're going to stay for the next three weeks, I think we need to set limits and, and say it's okay okay not to invite Cousin Eddie. Good for you. Good for you. That's a good advice. I'm really blessed we don't have too many. Well, we don't have any Cousin Eddies in our family, do we? I'm looking at Andrew. He's like, not really, not really. You talked about, you know, coming to eat and drink. Do you see a lot of people? I mean, in my practice, I I do physical exams in January after the holidays, and everybody's gained like five pounds, and they're beating themselves up over the holidays. How do you counsel people about how to how to stay sober? The big thing is eating for me. Mm-hmm. Is how do you not overeat? Yeah. Well, I, you know, when you asked about what clients bring in over the holidays, I would say, especially since I specialize in the treatment of eating disorders, that a lot of people are stressed about food. And they they actually worry too much about overindulging. And you're going to look at me and you're going to say, oh my gosh, I cannot believe Dr. Anay is saying this on the it's Dr. Okay. Connie show. It's okay to eat it. <laughs> eat it. It is okay to eat it. You know what I say is don't be so darn worried about overindulging because okay. if you set yourself up and have this unrealistic expectation and you limit yourself, you know what's going to happen? You overdo it. You're going to overdo you're it. You're going to overdo it. I love it. You know, we're going we're gonna to talk some more. We're going to break here in a few minutes, but we'll go back to eating because that's a huge thing. People beat themselves up over. 
I want to eat. I want to feast everything. And I was like, I can't believe I ate everything. But then if you hold yourself back, you're going to overdo it. But I also want to talk about drinking because that's an issue. People think, oh, we're just going to get drunk on New Year's Eve. Yes. And I mean, it's all about overdoing it. And I really want to address those things as well. And I really, and then some other thoughts you have about how to make it a more meaningful Mm -hmm. season for everybody, not just buying and eating and and all that and trying to avoid Cousin Eddie. So everybody stay tuned to the Dr. Connie Radio Show. I've got Dr. Julie Inay. And come on back in a few minutes. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to Our Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back to the Dr. Connie Show. I'm just getting hungry thinking about the, these wonderful Christmas feasts we're going to indulge in. And Dr. Nay said it was okay for, pay, uh, for people to go in, enjoy the feasting, realize that you don't want to have a diet mentality. But one of the questions that come up are, you know, I have patients who love to eat all the time. It's, it's definitely more pronounced over the holidays, but it's year-round. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, we suspect they're emo- obviously emotional eaters. What kind of help can they get? Well, I think the very first thing for us to evaluate and for people to recognize is a lot of times people are eating for things other than love of food or physical hunger. And so part of what I do as an eating disorder specialist is we we work on uncovering, teasing apart, Mm -hmm. what are the things that lead somebody to use food in a way that they are responding to emotional needs Um, So one of the first things you want to ask yourself if you find yourself eating is, am I physically hungry? Do I actually have a physical sensation of hunger? And if you don't, then you want to say, okay, why am I eating this? Part of it might be habit. You always eat when you come home from work. Part of it might be, you know, I feel very stressed and it tends to kind of bring down my stress level. Other times it might be, okay, 
maybe I'm feeling something. You know, maybe I'm feeling sad about something that I was thinking about on the way home, and I don't know how to do sadness. You know, maybe in your childhood, you were never taught how to tolerate the emotion of sadness. So people will then go to something like food that they use to respond to their sadness. Mm -hmm. So you want to start out by saying, why am I eating this food? Mm -hmm. Am I physically hungry? If you are physically hungry, by all means, allow yourself to eat. You want to be able to then eat in moderation to the point of satisfaction, not fullness where you're physically too full, but satisfied. Mm -hmm. And if not, you've got to start teasing apart, why am I reaching for food when I'm physically not hungry? Do, Do you see diet working? You know, diets, do they work? Do they work for people? Oh, diet in not only my practice but in my household is definitely a four-letter word, okay? Mm -hmm. I really advocate not dieting. Um, Personally, I do not diet at all. I listen to bodily signals of hunger and fullness. Mm -hmm. I think that diets end up backfiring. Mm -hmm. Why would we eat based on something that's external? Why would we say, I'm Mm going to eat this meal plan today, when really what we eat is for our own personal nutrition and to satisfy our physical needs? So dieting, for a lot of reasons, ends up backfiring. And I think really has contributed to the increased trends in obesity really over the past three or four Mm -hmm. decades. As we focused more on dieting in this culture, guess what? Our obesity levels have increased. There is a one-on-one correlation. Wow, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, I have patients say, Dr. Connie, I'm always hungry, though. Mm -hmm. Should they get to a therapist like you? Would you recommend? If somebody says, I just, I cannot stop eating, and I'm always hungry, and you know, and is that best to say you need to see an, a, a food expert, a eating disorder expert like you? Well, I think the absolute first thing is you've got to run the medical test. Let's right. say, no you know, is there, yeah, is there a physical reason for this person to be experiencing hunger all the time? And then if that all comes out that there is no physical medical evidence, then absolutely I would send them to not just a therapist, and this is not just my bias, but really to an eating disorder mm-hmm. specialist so that they can really evaluate fully why is this person constantly feeling hungry. So if I sent Santa Claus, if he were my, my patient, obviously I do all the tests, cholesterol, heart disease, all that, then you have to have the conversation. You really, it goes beyond overeating. It's, there's a disorder here. I don't like to use the word disorder. You're, well, you're it, feeding the wrong hole. I mean, there's something that, you know, you're not hungry. You feel hungry, but well, you're hungry for something else. If you sent me Santa Claus, then I would really have a conflict of interest because <laughs> then I would, I would be worried that I was going to be naughty and not nice. Yeah. So. He's like, well, what does that tell you about his personality, naughty or nice? Yeah. You know, so definitely for people hungry a lot who suffer, that is a good time to say, I need help. Talk to your doctor. Ask them to send you to an eating disorder expert. Absolutely. Somebody who is specialized in that field. Um, so, you know, please, for you out there listening, if you're struggling with food, you know, tell your doctor, say, I really need help, and diets don't work. Okay, they're temporary. And as Dr. Anais says, the more diets, the more weight gain we see in this country, there is no fix. It's a lifestyle change. It's dealing with emotional issues that you say. Yeah, and I would really say, Dr. Connie, you know, there's no shame in, in if you find yourself overusing food or even feeling like you have a lack over, of control over food. If you think about it, if you go way back, our primary way of comforting ourselves was with food, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have such early associations with food. Yeah, it's comfortable, it's comforting, it's private. 
It's easy. Yep. It's something that we readily know. Sure. So there is no shame, but you don't want to go through life using food in that way because it's physically not healthy, but it also is emotionally something that people do develop a lot of feelings of shame, low self-esteem. They feel like they have a lack of control, like they should be stronger. Um, so I really think that it is an important thing that people figure out why are you using food in this way and develop other skills to deal with emotions and stress and lifestyle changes so that they can be successful in this area. Absolutely. I'm going to change gears on you. Uh, Santa Claus is a big issue. I mean, I told my kids the same thing. You know, Santa Claus is there. And I don't remember. I think that you were about seven or eight when somebody in your school said there was no longer a Santa Claus. Usually some wise kid will tell you. Is it okay to tell our kids about Santa Claus? I mean, knowing that it's not for real or maybe he is real. I don't. But is it okay? I think that is such a fabulous question. And as a mom of two daughters, as you know, I mean, when I first had my, my first child, I thought the same thing. I said, I always want to, number one teach her to be honest. And, and by teaching her to be honest, I have to be honest. And then this question of Santa Claus came up. And mm-hmm. so I had to uh, weigh the pros and cons, you know, and say, all right, talking about Santa Claus and kind of allowing that magical part of childhood to be, I thought had much more positive benefit um, than you know, eventually them finding out that Santa Claus isn't real. And my first daughter is 13, and I think that she has crossed over where she realizes that Santa Claus isn't real. And really, it wasn't a negative experience. I think that she looks at it very lovingly, like she knows that that was done to give her this wonderful, magical sense of love and specialness and all of those really special Santa gifts. She so knows. she hasn't told her younger sister that, you know, she mommy has, and daddy are doing the gifts. No, and, and, and bless her heart, she's a very kind child, and, and she hasn't. And to my knowledge, my 8-year-old still believes in Santa. Mm-hmm. And every year my husband and I have this little discussion like, oh, I hope this isn't the year that right. she knows because it's such a magic experience. Yeah. And so I really, I mean, I think it's a good question, but I think that the good that can come out of it is just a beautiful experience. And it stands for so many good things of being charitable and loving and kind and understanding, even though he's obese. God bless him. <laughs> but, you know, can you imagine a skinny Santa? No, absolutely it's not. It's got to be the jolly old fellow, St. Nick, right? Abs- it cannot abs- be a slender belt. It just doesn't fit. Yeah. But I think, you know, it's that magical aspect of childhood that you believe in Santa and the stories you can tell and all the songs. It's part of our heritage of, of our faith, and but it's also what we believe in over the holidays of, of the humor and the upbeatness of, of the holidays. But I am having such a great time. Please stay tuned. We're going to be right back for the Dr. Connie Show, uh, interviewing Dr. Julianne from A New Beginning from Scottsdale, Arizona. If you need help with eating disorders over the holidays, if you need help with your emotions, with bereavement, please find some help with a a therapist like Dr. Julianne. She still has room in her practice, but find somebody. Tell somebody, I need help. Um, There's nothing to be ashamed about. Uh, the fact that you go through those doors seeking help means that you are a very brave soul indeed. So please stay tuned. We've got more of the Dr. Connie Show. Stay tuned. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. 
Our nation's educational system is undergoing constant change as technology and society are redefining the system as we have known it. On Chalk Talk with Eric Hamilton, we provide parents with the resources they need to understand and become a part of the educational experience for their children. Through engaging guests, news, interactive discussions, and innovative ideas, it's everything that parents should know about school. Tune in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time for Chalk Talk on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back to the Dr. Connie Radio Show. We are getting ready for the holidays, and we've got Dr. Julie Anay from A New Beginning in Scottsdale, Arizona. Dr. Anay is a... Uh, expert on eating disorders, but also depression, anxiety, relationships. And she has given me great relief because she told me it was okay for me to uh, feast over the holidays because I'm going to eat a little bit more. In fact, right now I have a Sprinkles um, red velvet cupcake with uh, delicious icing here in the studio. I'm going to just uh, share a few pieces of that after we're done. But Dr. Julie, let's go back to the eating part because I know, you know, when I see my patients for their annual exams in January, they beat themselves up because, you know, usually they gain about five pounds. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. <clears throat> you know, I overate. I overindulged. And then they this, this whipping themselves, flagellating. What do you see among your patients? Well, what I see is that people are worried that they're going to feast. And, and so what we try to do, what I try to do is say, I don't want you to go into the situation, first of all, never on a diet, okay? Because you go with a dieting mentality, and I guarantee it's going to backfire. And I want you to go in knowing that the holidays, there is going to be new food, and it is absolutely okay to partake in it, but to try not to overindulge. And there's lots of things that we can do not to overindulge. The first thing is not to start out, like I said, trying to be on a diet, okay? The other thing is Really think about the holidays, not just that we're going there to feast. I mean, we're actually going there to kind of celebrate and gather and have family and really join together in conversation and and visiting, not just to eat. And I think we forget about that. Yeah, you're right. I think they do. You know, my big trick to staying skinny is I'm just really vain, okay? Um, Over the holidays, if I go to a party, I'm wearing a dress that's really tight, so I can't, like, overeat. And I just look at myself in the mirror. I weigh myself every day, and I say, okay, you know, I am just going to be too vain to gain, okay? That's my motto, too vain to gain. 
Uh, I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. We have a lot of Maine people here. I take care of many of them. And it's okay. I, I use that. But a lot of it, too, is I believe in decadence and moderation. You know, you know, have a little good diet of chocolate. Just a little bit. I always put some of stuff away. But if, you know, it's all portion size. So, But to me, it gives me great relief knowing it's okay. You know, don't be on a diet mentality. What do you do about alcohol? Do you see people struggling with that? Oh, there are so many things related to alcohol. And and we do know that alcohol consumption increases over the holidays and especially alcohol-related fatalities. In fact, with men, we see 50% increase in deaths from alcohol fatalities during the week between Christmas and New Year's and 100% increase for women. Oh, my gosh. So this is, this is a huge part of the year where people overdo it and then they get into their cars and they start driving. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we really need to help people to not do that. Um, we can look at it from two perspectives. I mean, if you are throwing a party, mm-hmm. there are lots of things that you can do. So please have non-alcoholic as well as alcoholic beverages. And there's lots of things that you can do to make them fun and tasty and mm-hmm. exciting. Put them in champagne glasses. You can have sparkling cider. You can have, you know, seltzer with, you know, lime and cherries and, and make it really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have non-alcoholic beer. Mm-hmm. After the meal is over, I really feel like it's a responsibility of a hostess to stop serving alcohol a couple hours before people are going to leave. And you can serve herbal tea. Mm -hmm. You know, you could have coffee, decaf, really nice things, but give people a chance to sober up before they get into the car. Um, You know, we're talking about food. A good use of food is to serve hearty enough food during cocktail hour Mm -hmm. because what happens is, like you're saying, you know, people are vain and they want to try to not eat so much. And so they drink, don't eat. And then by the time dinner comes around, I mean, they're just really intoxicated and then it just starts getting worse. And then you end up eating more because you're disinhibited. So that's not a good thing. Um, I think that you've got to just really be cognizant of how much you are drinking and that this is not just about a time to have good cheer. We want to not kill other people. Absolutely. So it's really a very serious thing. Do your clients, you see people with, you know, families that have people who are suffering from alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Do you see a rise in them complaining about the family members and saying, you, you know, could you help us with them? Do you see a lot of that now? Yeah, it's kind of that, you know, what to do with Cousin Eddie type of yeah. thing. And again, you know, if there is somebody that's going to come and be disruptive, I really say give yourself permission not to invite them. Mm-hmm. Um, if there is somebody that abuses alcohol and you can stop offering them alcohol, you mm-hmm. know, kind of take the alcohol a- away, not like you're their alcohol police, but, you know, kind of remove the alcohol from kind of that area of the house um, so that they don't just have just ongoing access to it if you know that it's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just really, you know, just try to monitor and not not encourage that 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 person, but mostly don't invite them. And mm-hmm. and if they ask why, you can say because last time you got drunk and it was disruptive mm-hmm. and this is my holiday. I want to enjoy it. I want my children to enjoy it and I don't want you swearing at, you know, mm-hmm. my husband or or causing disruption. It's That's a not tough okay. Love. Well they need to hear it, don't they? They absolutely you do. Know, they need to hear that just just stop doing that. You're not going to accept that with with that. When you can behave, you're welcome back in my home. What do you do, you know, the memories come up, people who have died. What do you do with people who've lost a spouse over mm-hmm. the holidays and this is their first Christmas without without them? Ooh, that's yeah. a that's a really tough topic. Um, the first thing that I say is don't expect that you're not going to hurt, mm-hmm. okay? 
as you know, when you go through that first year, that milestone year, I mean, you know, there's memories and there's holidays and you're going to feel. And it is normal grieving Mm. to be able to process during those times. Most people want to stay happy. And so Mm. they, you know, stuff down those feelings and then sometimes they eat and sometimes they drink because they're trying to deal with emotional pain. Mm -hmm. So be okay being sad. Lean on people. Talk about it mm-hmm. um, so that it gets processed through and normalize it that feelings are okay. In our culture, feelings are not okay unless they're happy. Mm-hmm. And we know that that's only 50% of the equation. So give yourself permission. Um, I think it is wonderful to be able to memorialize the people that we have lost during the holiday mm-hmm. season. Again, we don't want to avoid. We want to celebrate the life of that person. We want to talk about them. We want to reminisce. We want to laugh about times in the past, um, maybe engage in activities. My grandmother, um, just beloved, beloved family member, and um, what I do every year is I put aside a couple of days, and I just bake. She was this wonderful Italian woman, and she loved me and all of our family by baking these homemade goods. And that's what I do every Christmas, not only for myself, but to really keep her memory alive. And I share that with my children, and that's a way that I keep her memory alive. And it's painful, but it's also loving and joyous at the same time. And that's life, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Tell me about you. How do you keep your sanity? Because I know, you know, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're a daughter. Um, you, you handle a full-time practice, uh, taking care of other people, but also you take care of your staff. You run a business. How do you, how do you keep sane and happy? It's a tough, you know, we're stressed. Well, you know, we are stressed. And I think that the main thing is, um, you know, I have to practice what I preach. And I practice first and foremost, if you do not take care of yourself, you cannot take care of anybody else. And that's just not through things like healthy exercise and, and eating well. If I don't love myself, if I don't give to myself in healthy ways, I don't have any love to give out. And that includes to my clients, to my children, to my husband. So we have to remember it's okay to give to ourselves, Mm -hmm. especially as women. We give out and we give out and we give out. And if the well runs too dry, guess what? Mm -hmm. You know, not we don't only crash, but our world around us crashes because it's up to us really Mm -hmm. to be the nurturers. You know, I see as women, we have such a long to-do list, Mm -hmm. you know, to do this, do this. And then, you know, a lot of times we're at the very bottom of our to-do list. And then when you do everything, I patients just just resent everybody. There's mad. Don't they know how hard I work to make this a great Christmas? And you want to get away from the resentment and the anger and just people being upset about the holidays, you know? You need to give yourself permission to put yourself, you know, if maybe not at the top of the list, it's got to be up, you know, where you nourish yourself. I think that that's really important. The other thing, we have to give ourselves permission to set limits and boundaries with others. Mm -hmm. A boundary is something I set so I can love you without resentment, Mm -hmm. okay? I'm not going to give out and give out, you know, maybe to relatives that are, you know, unhealthy and then resent it. That is not okay. So I think these are all ways that we stay healthy and sane and, ironically, that we're able to give out more to the people in our lives. It's I not think, selfish. It's, it's self-supportive. I think it's absolutely true. You are right on. You know, I'm, I have listeners who are wondering, um, how do they become your patient or somebody in your, 
you know, in your practice. Do you have room in your practice? Do, do your therapists have room if the people are interested in signing on? We absolutely do. And we really work to accommodate people. We know that when you are ready, I mean, it takes so long to make that call. And so when someone risks to make that call, we make sure that we can accommodate seeing them usually within the first two to three days after they call. What number do they call? Give us the number. So the number is 480-941-4247. And we have a wonderful intake person, Jessica, and she will talk to you. She will make you feel comfortable, find out what's bringing you in, and she will connect you to the best therapist to meet your needs. You know, our caller just asked, you know, how we signed up. And so we're going to put that on our website online. So if you want to connect with Dr. Renee or her team, that's a number to call. Give them a call. Sign up. Get them to help you. Because, you know, part of it is asking for help, acknowledging I got a problem. I want somebody to help me and listen to me. And it's almost like it's okay, you know, to have that, giving them permission and saying it's okay that what you're feeling. What I tell my clients is the most courageous people are the ones who walk through the doors. Absolutely. You know, it, there are so many people that are out there that are hurting, and it really is the courageous, truly strong ones that say, I want to risk to get better. I want to look inside. I want to make changes. And to do that, you have to step forward. And you bet that is the most courageous thing that you can do. Wonderful. Well, I am so honored that you're here. I am so grateful and thankful. Tell me, what what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for the holidays? Oh, my goodness. I want um, a blessed holiday season where I can spend time with family and friends and really not have it be a blur. Um, I, I just really want good memories, and I want time where I am not uh, too busy or too stressed to really give to my children, to pass down those memories. And you bet on Christmas Day I'm going to have a special gift under that tree, and it's going to be from Santa Julie. Absolutely. Amen to that. I love it. Thanks, Dr. Renee. Thanks, Dr. Julie, so much. Um, What's the number again? One more time. I had a caller ask about for your practice. You bet. It is local, and it's 480-941-4247. And that's Dr. Julie N.A. at A New Beginning. And thank you again for being on our show. I'm going to get everybody through the holidays and make it meaningful. Connie, got- it is always a pleasure. You are an incredible woman, a wonderful doctor, and I'm just blessed to know you. Thanks, Dr. Julie. Thanks so much. I am so excited about the, the way the show has been, and our upcoming show uh, is going to be a lot of fun. <clears throat> it's the one before Christmas, <clears throat> and it's near and dear to my heart. It's the Ike and Dola Band, and Ike is a uh, amazing Christian singer, and my son, Jason Stevens, is the bass guitarist in that group. Uh, I love to promote them. I love their music. They're on tour right now in the Pacific Northwest. I'll have all the members of the band in the studio. We're going to play one of those, their songs, Riverside. And I'm going to ask them about what it's like being a young Christian band in this day and era, going around the country, spreading the word about Christ and being uplifting and how they got into the musical field. So thank you once again for joining the Dr. Connie Radio Show House Calls. Uh, thank you again, Dr. Julian A., for helping us. Uh, please go out there and embrace the season. Give yourself permission to be hopeful. Give yourself a little gift. And go out there and make great memories for the holidays. And please tune in next week. Log on to the Dr. Connie Radio Show. God bless you all. Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.